Hey there, NRL 22 fans. I'm coming at you with uh, Jason McBride and Doug Bowes, and they are going to talk to us today about NRL 22 National Championship 2022. So, Doug, you want to start out and introduce yourself for all of our listeners? Sure. I'm Doug Bowes. I live in mid-Missouri, Lake of the Ozarks area. Uh, my home range is Gadsden. Uh, I used to shoot a whole bunch. Now it seems like all I do is put on matches and follow my daughter Reese around. So. I think all of us match directors can relate to that. I yeah. used to be a shooter. Now I just direct matches. All right, Jason. I love it though. It's fun. It is. It really is. Yeah. So uh, Jason McBride, um, just outside of St. Louis, not too far away from Doug. Um, we call Gadsden Shooting Center home as well. Um, been an in, in NRL 22 competitor since pretty much the conception of the sport uh, and also been a match director for the same amount of time. And uh, Doug and I, and as well as uh, a couple others, uh, we co-match directors uh, for NRL 22 down at Gadsden. Uh, and it's, it's working out really well. Yeah, good. So for those who aren't familiar, I've had the pleasure of shooting at Gadsden twice now, I believe three times now. Um, and it's a wonderful facility. So if you had to explain it to people who've never been there, people listening who are coming to nationals and don't know what to expect, what would you want them to know about the range? I would say that uh, where we're going to host the match is going to be mostly all in the woods. Uh, there is going to be some open open areas, but other than that, it's going to be wooded, wooded terrain. Uh, there's going to be narrow lanes to shoot through. Uh, anything natural that uh, we can shoot off of, we're gonna shoot off of. So there's a lot of log logs, rocks, four-wheelers, gates, all that kind of stuff. So anything basically you would do in a hunting scenario is what this match is gonna be like. Awesome, so that should give people some things to think about. What do you think, Jason, anything to add? Well, just what Doug said, it's gonna be a lot of, lot of positional shooting. There's gonna be a lot of movement. Um, you're going to be tired at the end of the weekend. You're going to be beat. You're going to wish you had taken another day off so you can catch up and relax a little bit. But um, yeah, you're, it's, it's going to be a fun, exhilarating weekend. Awesome. So I think my favorite part of shooting at Gadsden was the area of the woods that you're in. So there's a, a zero range kind of out in the open area that I think you guys are probably referring to a little bit. And then um, the bulk of the matches that I've shot there have also been in the woods. There's some hills. Um, there's definitely some uneven terrain. So make sure that you're packing shoes that are good for that. Um, and you know, it, it is tiring, but it's beautiful out there. Um, the weather has been awesome. Luckily, uh, the times that I've been out there, but it's really a, a great facility. It's interesting in the wind and that's all, that's all I'm going to say about that. Unless you guys want to <laughs> give away some trade secrets to people. Uh, I'll just say hold more than you think and leave it you at that. <laughs> yeah, you don't feel a lot of wind there. And it's it's nothing compared to Nebraska or anything like that. You don't get the, the 20 mile an hour winds in the woods, but there is still wind there. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a little tricky, but it's a lot of people think it's a lot easier in that aspect. But then it makes up for it in other aspects. So the wind it, um, in the wind in those in in the woods at Gadsden will lie to you. Yes. And that's that's just one one way that you can put that. If you once you think you've got the wind figured out, you're totally wrong. Yeah. Uh I think I remember we were shooting on a specific part of the range. This was Doug had a run and gun stage he designed. And that's the one we were shooting. And I remember watching the trees and the wind was coming right to left. And I kept blowing off the right side of the target, like far off the right side of the target to the point where I was actually holding off the left side of the target to hit. So there was a some something that I couldn't see that was causing the wind to come from the opposite direction as the visible wind was, which was uh, interesting to say the least. So it's, it's hilly and, and there's some grooves that come in there. Sure. Oh yeah, and 
and we were talking about, you know, anything to do in a hunting situation, it's still going to be traditional in the aspect of there's going to be props and stuff like that. It's not going to be a solely a tripod match like a lot of hunter matches are. But, uh, you know, other than that, if you can rest your gun off of it in the woods or around the farm, you're going to be shooting off of it. So what's the number one piece of gear you guys would recommend to people who've only ever attended monthly NRL 22 matches that they should bring with them to this match? A game changer. Bug spray. Some type of support bag. <laughs> <Yes>. Bug spray. <laughs> nice. That Yeah, that's good advice. Speaking of bug spray and bugs, what's the weather like down there right now? So we're, we're still in March, um, not quite to May. What's the, what's the weather like there now? And what do you think people could expect towards the end of May? For, three for days ago we had snow <laughs> and now it's now it's 60 70 degrees yeah, yeah. exactly yeah but in, in uh, winter's may still, winter's still got a few things left to tell us right in may uh should be around 60 to 80 or 80 degrees should be pretty nice weather okay 68 degrees sounds yep. good when you said jason right around there yeah, yeah, that time of year, you know, it's it, it's really good weather around here. So normally about the only time of year where we should should see fairly low humidity, um, just nice calm temperatures, usually don't have a ton of rain that time of year. So knock on wood. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. that's we're, famous last we're, words. We're open, we're if it rains, we know how to blame now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Awesome. So uh, knee pads talking about oh, this match and gear knee pads would be highly recommended for this match. That's good advice. And if you've got sensitive, sensitive knees. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Especially on that, that natural terrain and uh, trying to get into some of those shooting positions for sure. Knee pads are, are a great idea that, that I never add to my bag for, I don't know what reason, but I regret right. every time I shoot a match. That's so what awesome. do you think, Ruth? You've shot that area before on uh, carts. Do you think they, you should bring carts or don't bring carts? I highly recommend not bringing a cart for this one. Uh, so there's really steep hills. It's really rocky, a little bit muddy in some areas, um, pretty tough to get through. So for us, if we, Justin and I bring a cart to most matches because there's two of us, we have double the gear because we don't like to share. Uh, so for us, it's like, you know, kind of a nice way to stay organized. Um, for this range, the last two matches we've gone to, we have not brought uh, the cart with us. We did bring it to the first one, but we didn't use it. Um, the only time we might is Friday during kind of sight-in type stuff, just to have some extra. And shade. that would be good. But yep. yeah, but yeah, not not probably for Saturday Sunday. Not recommended. And Jason, I's kind of changed up the the course of fire in the aspect of we're trying to eliminate the long walks from stage one to stage 21. So what we're gonna do is you're gonna start and shoot everything on the right-hand side going up the range. And then once you get to the last stage, like it'll be the tower, you're gonna turn and shoot down the other side, which it won't be the last stage, but typically that's where stage 10 or so is. So, but you're gonna awesome. go all the way up the right and then come back down. So the longest walk you're going to have, um, maybe 150 yards, wouldn't you say, Jason? Right around there. Yeah, uh, if if that. Well, I mean, once you're actually on the, you know, on the range, yeah, 100 150 yards would be about as far as you're going to have to walk between stages. And that'd be, and that that's a max. So typically, you're spaced you're spaced out, so you're not going to be on top of each other, but you're not going to have long walks from one stage to the next so it should flow really well we hope awesome so for for those of you with small bladders like myself do you guys want to share what the bathroom situation is this is always my first question if i'm shooting a new match we'll have uh we'll have plenty of porta johns out there uh we'll have some up on the uh side end range day and then we're going to bring a few more over there from the uh for where the match is at so there should be four or so would say that'd be sufficient in that area. We may bring a couple more over. So there's plenty of trees to run behind, Ruth. 
<laughs> to run behind. I know, I know there's, there are trees, you know, at your first X match, Jason, I did just that on that far, far rim fire section of the match. I did find a log to hide behind for a minute there. So I'm not, I'm not above it. And if you just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbeknownst to her, there was a 40 yards up the hill. There was a bathroom up there. Yeah. I just didn't know about that one, but you know, yeah. <laughs> makes for quite the adventure. Uh, Got to pick out which leaves to use, you know, which ones are safe. Um, so for those who have never shot a two-day match before, and Doug, how many how many national championships have you been to now for NRL 22? Uh, I guess just two. Two, so we didn't go the first year. Okay, and then Jason, how about you? I've been to all of them. All of them. So Jason's been to every single um, – NRL 22 championship match. That's pretty cool. Not too many people can say that. Um, so for people who are shooting their first NRL 22 national championship, I know for me, the first year I participated, the biggest difference was the two day format versus the one day format. So what can you share with people about the difference between going to say an X match, uh, one day format versus this is a two day format. You know, um, you know, reserve yourself just a little bit, make sure that you're not pushing yourself too hard because it is, you know, physically it's very demanding uh, to shoot a two day match. Um, make sure that you're eating and drinking as much as you, as, as you need to. Um, and if you think you're drinking enough water, drink more. Um, I made a mistake on that um, a couple of years ago down in Tennessee where I wasn't drinking enough water. Um, day two, I almost passed out uh, before the second to the last stage. So, you know, just keep that in mind, you know, make sure that you're staying well hydrated. We're going to have plenty of water there. Um, other than that, you know, just, just be prepared physically for it. Yeah. I remember the Tennessee match was so humid. I think it was really foggy in the morning on day two, but I, when, when the humidity hits, I'm going to overshare. I know everyone's surprised about that because, you know, I, I never overshare, but I was pouring sweat at this match and so here I am at my first two day match. I'm nervous anyway. And then the humidity hits. And as soon as humidity hits me, I just, you know, I'm, I'm soaked from head to foot. So I was pouring sweat to the point where Travis Sashida comes up to me. He goes, Ruth, are you okay? You're really sweaty. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Travis. That's wonderful. <laughs> they get, they got me on one of the videos to talking uh, about a stage we just shot. And I'm just like, I'm wearing a gray shirt. That's the last time I wore a gray shirt to a match, by the way, was that one. So that was a... I remember that video. Yeah, it's a super, super yeah. hot, uh, hot, sticky match for sure. Yeah, I think that's something that's very important that a lot of people, I don't know if they forget about it or just don't know about it. I, I mean, anytime for a match, we start prepping two to three days ahead of time, as in drinking, drinking water, because your eyes are going to be the first thing to go. Then you're going to start getting fatigued. Then you're going to start cramping and all that stuff. So we always prep way before the match starts that's smart and it seems to help because i mean you once you start getting dehydrated everything goes downhill after that absolutely for so. sure and that's not even mentioning the heat stroke and the the dangerous stuff like right it, it it helps also to come completely prepared meaning you've got ammo you got plenty of dope cards you got your bag you got all your gear lined up organized ready to go because if you're not organized you forget something back at the car or you didn't bring enough dope cards or you forgot your magic marker whatever the case is you know all that stuff adds to your stress right and you want to do you want to focus on coming out number one is having fun and then two on your shooting and if you are unable to do those two things you're going to have a miserable experience so be prepared be organized be well hydrated come out have fun shoot go home happy And those hydrate packets, I'm a firm believer in those. I always throw those in the bag. So like liquid IVs with the yep, electrolytes? Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's I've gave advice. them to people during matches when I see them start to look dehydrated and they say it really helps. So Absolutely. Justin's got uh, got me on those too for match days and it does make a huge difference at least. Yeah, they're Feels awesome. like it. Yep. Which we're going we're gonna to have plenty of water and all that. Uh, but you know how it goes. Always, always come prepared. 
So bring you, bring you a water bottle and stuff like that. We'll, we'll make sure that you guys stay hydrated. Sorry, I've got dogs over here fighting with each oh, you're other. Fine. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, staying hydrated. Good. Uh, so let's shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about what to expect for each day. So when you're coming to nationals, there's activities the Friday prior. Um, will the range be open? Uh, which day should people plan to arrive and what time? And then what can they expect on, for the format on Saturday and Sunday? So Friday, we're going to do zero, zero day. And so the range is, so where we hold all the center fire matches and all that stuff, there's like a thousand yard range there, a 600 yard range, and then a separate little section that we use just for matches. That's all going to be open on sign-in day. Uh, you're going to be able to zero your rifle. We're going to have side stages there. Um, and all the barricades are going to be set up so you guys can shoot off the barricades and all that. Where we're actually going to shoot the match is going to be closed for sight-in day. Uh, we're talking about maybe after we close the range and go cold at five o'clock, uh, setting an, an hour or so, maybe a side, so everyone can walk all the stages. But the way the the 600 yard bays and all that is, you know, it, you kind of shoot towards those wood areas. So we need to close it during side end day. So and what time, Jason, did you say we're gonna open the gates? Uh, on Friday, I think uh, we said that gates were gonna be open don't remember exactly but i think it was I like can't 10 remember in the morning something like that yeah, yeah 10, it's, it's late it's late morning yeah 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 so maybe plan to get there thursday night and that and then sleep in a little bit friday stay rested and then you know get to the range a little later in the morning on friday which obviously these guys are going to send out uh emails to all the shooters registered but for those who want to think about this stuff in advance or who are traveling from out of town good to know that I want to get there on Thursday night because I might want to get to the range on Friday morning. So. That's right. And a question you can put out to all your listeners. We're talking about ROs and we're needing ROs and uh, doing an RO shoot. Would they like to do a, a full match like Wednesday and Thursday or maybe just do like a partial match on Thursday? So it's, it's a lot to ask if they want to shoot you know, to take off on Wednesday and Thursday, but, you know, they may want to do it. So we'll throw that out there and see if they uh, can message right into your uh, page or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if anyone is interested, feel free to reach out uh, to either myself, Doug, or Jason directly. Uh, if you, if you're friends with us on Facebook, or you can email me podcast at nrl22.org. And I will make sure it gets to Doug and Jason in terms of your feedback. So that's that's a great segue to in terms of ROs. ROs are the meat and potatoes of every match. They are absolutely, in my opinion, more important than the MDs uh, in terms of how the match flows. Because at that point, you know, the planning's done. You really need people who are on point to run the stages and get people through and answer questions and all that stuff. So. If you are interested in ROing, if you're either don't get an invite or, you know, weren't sure if you wanted to attend nationals, maybe you don't feel like you're ready. It's a great way to get experience, learn what the format looks like, see, you know, learn from other people's mistakes and successes, you know, watching other shooters shoot these types of stages. And you can say, oh, well, 90% of people did it this way and they ended up, you know, having issues with this particular position. And then the 10% of people who had success did it this way. Now you have some new, uh, new things to try at home. So I highly recommend ROing. It sounds like these guys are willing to open up things early for you. So you can get a taste for what the ma match stages look like. Um, what do you guys have in terms of other information, anything you want ROs to know? Um, not that I could think of. <laughs> we all we uh, Doug has a practice score link out there also. Um, right. I don't have the link handy, uh, but it is out there. So if you are interested in our own or or just volunteering, uh, we're also looking for any volunteers also. 
just normal match help, you know, during the match and then, you know, on the word ceremony and all that kind of stuff with food and, you know, handing out lunches and, and just things like that. We're going to be selling 50, 50 raffle tickets, uh, for, you know, money pot, uh, drawing that we'll do on Sunday. So there's, there's all kinds of stuff that, you know, we could use help with if, if anybody's interested. So. Awesome. Yeah. It's a great way to get out and meet people from around the country too. It's kind of the, the best time to get together with people from all kinds of areas around the NRL 22 community. And that's how I, I met Doug, actually, we met, I think at the Tennessee nationals, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Um, so, and Reese, of course, Doug's daughter, Reese, who, uh, now we're, we're besties. So I don't know if Reese knows that, but, uh, <laughs> I'm usually just referred to as Reese's dad, Reese's yeah. dad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's super fun though, without, those connection points, you know, I, I wouldn't have nearly as much fun shooting. So it's great to be able to razz people from other areas too. And when you get on Facebook and interact with people, now, you know, what their faces look like and you feel like you have that different level of connection, which is always fun. Definitely recommend that. Um, so what do you guys think, uh, in terms of the length of the match each day, if you had to estimate I would, you know, we'll open the gates up at seven and then we'll do the safety brief at around 830 and then we'll be shooting by nine. And we're hoping to get, you know, 12 to 14 stages done on day one. We'll just shoot till, I mean, we really haven't talked about it, but I'd say four, between 430 and five o'clock. And our matches usually run pretty smooth. So I don't think 14 stages is going to be too much out you know unexpected i think it's i think it's possible so and then that would make us getting done early on sunday so we can get everybody out and on the road so i mean my my goal is to shoot until 4 30 uh between 4 30 and 5 and be done sunday by 2 30 so two o'clock so, and then hopefully be done with the awards and all that by five and get everyone out on the road. Sounds good. I highly recommend people plan to stay on Sunday if you are from farther than six hours away, because you're going to be dead tired. Right, right. So we're going to stay, we're going to stay over for sure Sunday evening. Um, it's, it's a lot uh, if you haven't been to one of these before. So just keep that in mind, but it's good to know that you know, hopefully we'll, we'll finish up by 435. I think just by my experience shooting your guys's matches, everything does tend to run smooth. I'm really feel like you should knock on wood though. Cause I'm nervous that you're jinxing oh, no. yourself. Oh, no. I know. I know. So good. far so good. Yes. And exactly. then, um, what did I, I had something else written down here. I was wanting to say, oh, and then Saturday night, you know, we're going to have, uh, games and stuff after after the match, we'll um, do some type of food and a cornhole championship. Okay. And, um, and uh, the NRL has graciously donated for uh, the top of each category cash prizes. So what cash prizes exciting. for Heck corn? Yeah. I better brush up on my cornhole skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, and that'll be right at the range, correct? That'll be right at the range. Yep. Yep. Is anything happening on Friday night that people should be um, aware of? Not that not I can really. think of. Okay. No. All right. I mean, they probably want to stick around uh, if we do that walkthrough of all the stages, if they want to yeah. do that. What do you think yeah. about that, Ruth? I think, I think we, it's a good idea. Should we do a walkthrough? If you can make it happen. So I think the more important thing is the dope gathering, but if you can make it happen for people who've never been to the range, I think that's really helpful because it gives them some time to mentally prepare. Um, when you get, are you handing out matchbooks on Friday then during check-in or are you going to do that yeah. Saturday? Yeah. Okay. What'd you say, Jason? Yeah, we're going to hand those out with the shooter check-in, right? Right, right. Yep. Yep. So you'll have your matchbook. You can read through the stages. You'll have that then during the check-in time. So you can read through the stages before you do the walkthrough. Then if there's any you know, confusion you have about something or you're like, Hey, I really don't know. Can't picture that you can go do the walkthrough 
and that will help you later in the evening. You can mentally prepare for the next day, what you're, which stages you're going to be on. Yeah, so. Then you'll get an idea of where all the stages are at and all that kind of stuff versus everyone walking in blind on it on Saturday morning. So definitely just yeah. the way the range is set up, it can't be open during the day. So, right. That makes sense too. And then, so you've been there before. We're actually going to close the road off, like where you walk into the woods. So basically right below the thousand yard range, there's a road that runs there all the way up into the, to the old thousand where the match is going to be at. That road is going to be closed and we're actually going to, you know, all the center fire, all that range is all going to obviously be closed through the weekend. And we are going to uh, have you enter from the thousand yard range and walk down into the woods that direction. Oh, cool. So okay. that will. We'll have videos of all that prior, so you guys will know where where you're going and what you're doing. So, yeah, Jason's I noticed got a new toy, so he's gonna be nice. doing some I, cool drone footage for us. I saw Jason posted in the NRL 22 members page a video of driving to the range. Is that part of the new toy, or is that a different toy? That would be a different toy. That was just taken when I was driving into the range last weekend. Awesome. So are we going to, we going to see some really cool uh, match footage from your, your drone flying, Jason? Oh, uh, well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Nice. If everything right. stays uneventful, you'll get drone footage. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope, let's hope it stays uneventful for your guys' sake. Yeah. Uh, so, so for, you know, one thing about, you know, what Doug was saying about, you know, closing off, you know, those certain areas and, and coming in, you know, just something uh, for those who have shot there before, you think you've got the place figured out and you know exactly where you're going to be shooting. Hey, right now there's going to be uh, <laughs> some new places and positions or areas of the range that we're going to be shooting on that you would have never thought that we would have been shooting on. So uh, definitely some new stuff, some new twists, and uh, it's going to add some excitement to it. Good. I'm excited. I, the the range is just so scenic. the whole area around the range too is very scenic so definitely try to get in early so you can drive around a little bit i do feel a little bit like the roads leading to the range are like a roller coaster ride though so if you're a passenger and you're sensitive you know might might want to bring some uh some bags or or sit in the front seat because <laughs> it does get pretty uh hilly in that area but that's but it's that's fun. the lake area yeah yeah <laughs> And as of right now, I've got 21 stages. Okay. 21 stages, and we'll give you some intel here. Let's see what we got. Awesome. We like teasers. Two, 229 rounds as of, as of right now for 21 stages. Awesome. But that's all just on paper. <laughs> yes. And it could change. It could change once I get out there and start training. Right. Yeah. And you will want to bring extra rounds for sight in day. So I yes. think the last two years we've gone through about 300 rounds just on sight in day. And it depends on how much you want to shoot. Right. But I like to take advantage of that and try and get some of the jitters out and um, start strong. So, you know, trying to get as much, much of that done as possible. Uh, you the definitely craziness. want to at least bring a full brick. Absolutely. Yep. And there will be, there will also be uh, at least two side stages on Friday. So be prepared for that. All right. I like it. I like it. So for those who are coming in from out of town and who, who have never traveled before, someone brought this up to me recently, a newer shooter. So I just figured it would be a good thing to cover because I've seen people ask on Facebook too. Um, have either or both of you flown with rifles before? We have, yes. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people traveling with rifles for the first time? We had pretty good experience going up. Experience coming back was, was a little, little different. Uh, I did see that post and pretty much people answered it, you know, so, but you can, from my experience, you know, especially with the 22, we put all of our ammo in with our gun case. Uh, we took our bolt out. Uh, we did not use, uh, uh, what are they called? Whatever their approved locks is. We used our regular padlocks, uh, master locks with combination. 
And, uh, you know, if you read the, read the rules and the laws, you know, they are supposed to be present when the gun case is opened. Uh, and they kind of demanded that they wanted the combination to my lock and I wouldn't give it to them. So, so we had a little issue leaving. Luckily it wasn't on the way there, but, but everything went smooth on the way up there. So just, you know, we, we done it in a Pelican. Um, I think that case is a 1050. It was very secure. Uh, didn't see any shifts in the zero or anything like that. It was worked out just fine. But make sure you take your bolt out because you get a lot of weight on yeah. those cases. You don't want that bolt breaking. So yeah. we just cut the foam. We put all the ammo in the in the case. We made weight just fine. So, but I think we only were flying with a couple hundred rounds, I believe, at that time. And they were just 22s, but we could have put a lot more in there. Mm -hmm. How about you, Jason? No, we were, yeah, I, yeah, pretty much the same for me. Did did the same thing. I mean, I had the last time I flew was out to Vegas rifle. I had all of my ammo, uh, bipod, pretty much everything but my bag in there, uh, and just a couple other things, and that just went into my you know my regular luggage. Uh, I did use the TSA locks on it. Um, they didn't ask for my combinations. I wouldn't have given it to them anyway. Um, going through St. Louis was really not much of a problem. It took a little bit of time for the processing. Um, and then coming out of Vegas, we had eh, some minor, just kind of like hiccups with the particular agent. Uh, she was young, didn't really understand. I guess the supervisor came over, said, hey, we'll handle this and took care of it. So wasn't, wasn't any real big deal. Give yourself a little extra time. Uh, just to go through that process because you could end up with a an idiot uh, who doesn't know what they're doing. Um, and of course, you you say I'm traveling with a gun, and you, you don't know what re kind of reaction you're going to get out of the agent. But other than that, it wasn't no big deal. No, I, I thought it was perfectly fine. You can uh, just read up on the on the rules before you go. Don't be scared about it. We were pretty nervous about flying with guns, <laughs> but it all worked pretty smooth. So. Yeah. I think most people are the first time. And so I flew with Justin to Las Vegas that year. I, I didn't have my rifle, but we flew with his rifle. And then uh, I flown to Utah a couple of times in and out of Salt Lake and to Tennessee. So we had TSA locks on our uh, gun case when we flew to Tennessee. And we ditched them after that because the, we, we put both of our rifles in the same case separated by foam. And when they put the rifles back in, I don't know what they were doing with them, why they were taking them out all the way anyway, but they put them uh, without the foam when they put them back in and the, our, our scopes were rubbing together. So after that, we ditched the TSA locks because we wanted to be present if they were going to open up the case at all. Uh, like you mentioned, Doug, we did have a minor issue flying out of Salt Lake with a couple of friends who were flying with us and they didn't flag our case, I think, because there was a mag block um, in the guy's rifle. We think that's why his got flagged and the other three didn't. Mm. So maybe be careful because that might look like there's a magazine inserted into the rifle on the x-ray machine. We're not 100%, but they ended up, they did the same thing. The ticketing agent wanted the keys to the rifle case because TSA was in a different lo location of the airport and they refused to hand over the keys to the point where they got a supervisor and, and they ended up missing our, our original flight and getting rerouted and it was a big to do. So definitely give yourself enough time. Uh, we were cutting it close as it was. So that was our mistake, not giving it extra time. Uh, flying out of Minneapolis is super easy. On the other hand, it's the TSA agent is five feet from the ticketing desk, at least if you fly Southwest. So all you do is they, you know, they put your stuff in, you walk it around the corner, the TSA agent opens it and looks at it while you're standing right there. And then you put the locks on it and they take it and they're super nice. So like Jason mentioned, I think it really depends on who the agent is um, and how knowledgeable they are, but just give yourself extra time. Like Doug said, read up on the rules and make sure that you know what your plan is if they, if they challenge you and just know, you know, speak to a supervisor, be very polite, but you know, people, people react differently. And if they're less familiar with competition, I have had good luck, but that seems to be kind of the best advice I can give. I got popped, uh, going with my carry on, 
uh, my backpack, which went to the range with me a lot. And I did go through it thoroughly just to make sure that there weren't any, you know, spent cases or ammo or anything in there uh, that, you know, that, that would get me into trouble. Uh, of course, I go through, uh, the buzzer goes off, and I'm like, oh, this, this ain't going to be good. I, I missed something, whatever. They tore that backpack inside now, and yeah. they brought the dog over. He sniffed it. Dog hit on it, and and an experienced agent comes over, an older an older gentleman, really nice guy. He goes, it's residue. So yeah. he goes, put your stuff back in your bag and get on the plane. So and that, but that did delay me like I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to go through that whole step. So if you know if your carry on is a bag that you normally take to the range, you might want to be prepared. They really like swabbing game changers too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Your support yeah. bags. Yeah. Uh, those are a really nice, dense, heavy item to remove from your checked luggage for weight restrictions, but they do flag them pretty much every time I go through. And yeah. here's what I do. I take it out of my bag. I have TSA pre-check, which I also am a huge fan of. Um, so I'm like, you can take, you can take a DNA sample if you want from me, if it makes my life easier. <laughs> so I go through the TSA pre-check line and they always yell at me and tell me, I don't need to take stuff out of my bag. Don't take that out. Don't take it out. I said, trust me, you want me to take this out. It's going to get plagued. You guys are going to have to run it out. It's going to test positive for explosives. So I pull it out and I let them x-ray it. And I just tell them, you know, what it's for. And there's a, a really nice lady I've run into three different times at the Minneapolis airport. And she knows who I am now at this point. Uh, and she, she's like, oh, I know what those are for. So sometimes it depends on the experience of the TSA agent. Um, I have heard of people getting theirs taken away before, but less often than people get to go through with them. It just depends, I think, on the agent and how, you know, what mood they're in that day or how they're trained. So, so some good advice I heard the other day, someone was talking about putting a, uh, What's the uh, the Apple disc or whatever, the tracking disc? What's that thing called? Apple oh, tag or something? Yeah, there's like tile and there's, uh, I find my whatever yeah. tile. Yeah, anyway, they put that in their gun case so they know where it's at at all times. So I wish I would have had those when we flew. That's a good peace of mind, so. That is really smart, although. So, then you, so then you know if your rifle got on the plane and. If it didn't, then you know where it's at and all that kind of stuff. So very true. I, I think, like that. Idea. I think they're pretty cheap. So that'd be a, a real good piece of mind. Really good idea. Awesome. Well, do either of you have anything else that you want to share about nationals? It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. I've never been so excited for a match that I haven't shot. So Jason and I are working on it. And DJ, DJ comes out and helps me all the time in the cutting limbs and brush and all that stuff. So we work on it just about every weekend. So it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm really looking forward to it for sure. So I was excited that you guys told me uh, that you didn't need my help so I can shoot this year because I did. I did offer just for the record. I did you offer did, to come did. out. <laughs> Jason, how about you? Go ahead, Doug. We what? found an awesome awards banquet that is literally just down the street. So nice. there's not going to be a long drive. It's probably 10 minutes from gate to gate to get there. So it's awesome. just a couple minutes down the road. It's basically your, once you turn out, go left and it's probably your first right, first nice. uh, right and just stay straight all the way up the hill. We'll have signs and all that stuff for you guys, but it's very, very convenient. So. Nice. How about you, Jason? What do you have uh, that you want to share? Um, <clears throat> I really don't have anything else to add at this point. Awesome. Well, I think it's going to be a Doug pretty well. Doug pretty well summed it up. Nice. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good match. I'm excited. So we have not just one match director, but three phenomenal match directors who are all. Uh, I'm just gonna say uniquely skilled and differently skilled to approach this thing from multiple angles. So I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. I'm a little nervous about seeing what you guys come up with, but I'm excited about it more than anything. It's, we're gonna test all no, your be, skills. Be, 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 between us three, there's been some, yeah, that's not the way we're gonna do it. Conversations going on, you know, 
think. I bet. I feel like if I could be a fly on the wall. (laughs) Awesome. So, so this, uh, I want to end today with answering some questions from listeners. So are you guys cool to stay on and help me answer these questions? You bet. Perfect. Cause three, uh, three perspectives is always better than one, uh, in my, at least when mine is the only perspective. So perfect. So our first question uh, on this one is from Teresa Jurish, and she wants to know, how do you prepare or train differently for an NRL 22X match versus a regular monthly course of fire match? Which I think is an excellent question on the topic of the national championship, because the championship is really more like an NRL 22X match, only it's two days long. So what do you guys think? What I would say is... You know, your regular monthly match, you're typically going to be shooting, you know, you're going to be shooting your five published stages. You know, most match directors will throw in two, maybe three bonus stages. You've got smaller groups. The day moves on, you know, typically a little bit quicker. Um, you know, like for us, we're start, we start shooting at nine o'clock in the morning. We're typically done by one, one thirty in the afternoon, you know, flows really fast. You go to an X match or a two-day match, again, you got to be prepared for the long haul. It's going to be two long days or one really long day. You're shooting a lot of matches. Don't let one bad stage get you down. Um, Go back, gather yourself back up, figure out what you did wrong, put it in the back, move on to the next stage, forget it even happened, right? Um, Keep your your attitude up. uh, Keep a smile on your face. and it's 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 tough to lose sight of that when you get when you go to a big match, you have a bad stage, and then that kicks your butt for the rest of the weekend. Don't let that happen. Just just let it go. Uh, move on to the next one, and come and have fun. I like that advice. I think uh, last year I definitely let the pressure get to me a little bit from day one to day two. But I finally on day two did exactly what you said and was just kind of let it all go. And it was so much more fun and so much less stressful. And it just was way a better experience to take it all in instead of trying to stress yourself out about what your score was. And to be super honest, when you have 21 stages, that's so much time to make up for that one bad stage you had, or, or in my case, five or six bad stages I had. So it's really, you know, once you've been through it once, you can kind of gauge that, but it's, it's hard in the moment. So like Jason said, try to go in with that mentality and, and keep that strong. That, it that all makes... worked out though. Didn't it champ? It did. It worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I thought it was going to be a close call. I was a little nervous, but it was, it was good. What about you, Doug? I think the, uh, NRL 22 is gives you all the basics. So as much as, as much as we get tired of shooting a ladder, that is pretty much prepares you for all the other stuff that other stages are going to throw at you so i mean you can look at pretty much every stage that's a barricade that you're going to be using a support bag is like a ladder so i'd say new shooters get your positions down as in when i first started and when i first started teaching reese she's like can i go kneeling there or do i will i be setting or squatting or whatever Stand, walk up to a barricade, walk up to a ladder. And so if you know on your ladder, these two positions, you can do kneeling, measure those on your body. Kind of sounds silly, but walk up to it, put your hand in your thigh. And it's like, okay, that's a mid thigh. I, I know I've got to be kneeling at that, or I can do a, I can do a setting position if it's, you know, in this position of my body. So memorize all those, know how to approach a stage before you get up to it. You see a lot of new shooters abandon their game plan because they didn't know which position to get into first and that waste that waste valuable time so i mean that's 20 seconds or so that that you lost just because you tried to get into a setting position and it was too tall for you which you when you actually needed to be kneeling so that's really good really good advice it kind of brings us to the next question we have from mitch stromberg also and that's about time management so how to emphasize uh, when and how to worry about your time management and, you know, starting out if you're brand, brand new to this for NRL 22 monthly versus if you're trying to get 
faster and better uh, for NRL 22X. What's worked for you guys? Don't worry about Forget the time, about get the impacts. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd have the exact same thing to say. You can miss really fast and not improve, or you can time out every stage until you start making all your impacts and you're actually improving at a much higher rate, which is what I noticed when I first started shooting. I'd go to a match and I'd see guys who'd been doing this, you know, a year plus longer than I did. And they would uh, rush through and get all their shots off and they might even score higher than me. But if I took my time and I made impacts, it only took me a couple of matches before I was outperforming them. Cause you can always learn to get faster. You can't learn to, to hit faster. If you don't learn how to hit in the first place. Right. Best training advice I would say is train with a timer. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you train with a timer, you know, if you're in position and they take say 10 seconds, I see people rack those off so fast and then drop their mag and talk about, man, I shanked those shots. And then the timer goes off and you realize, man, I had plenty of time to slow down and make those last two shots count. But if you train with a timer all the time, you don't get as stressed about it because you know how much time you have. If they say 30 seconds and you still got, you know, three more positions or two more positions to get into, you know, you're going to have to hump it. But if they say, you know, 10 seconds, you're already in position. You only got two shots left. You know, you got plenty of time. And that just comes from experience of training with a timer. Absolutely. And one of the things that helped, one of the things that, and I, I did some of that too, was training with the timer. It's like what Doug was saying, that I found one of my biggest downfalls when I first got started was getting that first shot off. Yep. You know, there were stages where when I first started, it would be 40, 45 seconds before I even got my first shot off. Well, and you just don't have enough time left to, to run the rest of the stage. I really strive for that first shot within 15 seconds from the word engage and usually now that i've got my your your you will your mind will train itself you'll have an internal clock you know when that minute and a half or two minutes depending on what type of match you're shooting you'll know when that when that time's approaching so if you can get that first shot off in that first 15 seconds or less and make an impact that really kind of helps set the stage for you you know for the rest of, of that stage yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that, you know, Doug mentioned with the ladder, you know, you have all these different heights with the ladder, which is perfect for, like you said, you measure what's the bottom rung. It's about halfway up my shin. Okay. And if I, if something's halfway up my shin, then if I stand next to this barricade that I've never seen before, and it's halfway up my shin, I know I'm going to go prone or in my case, I know I can't go prone. So I'm going to be in a squat or a seated position. And, you know, on the second rung, that's about at my knee level. And when I'm at my knee level, I know that I'm going to kneel on that one. Um, or, you know, and make sure that you get comfortable in each of those positions at home with your rifle pointed at a couple of different targets, both high and low, depending on what angle you're shooting at off of barricades, make sure that you can get comfortable in certain kneeling positions. Because I found if I'm halfway between kneeling and standing and I'm kind of, um, you know, or if I'm halfway between seated and kneeling and I'm kind of crunched over a little bit, my abs are like the worst piece of my uh, muscle structure. So they'll immediately engage when I'm in that position and I start to shake. So what I need to do in that is make sure that I'm closer to the barricade and that I put my left arm on the barricade and that helps me solidify a lot more. If I wasn't dry firing at home without the clock, I might never register the fact that that that's happening while it's happening because those shots go off so fast. So really honing in on what's the best body position for you at each of those different heights. And then as Doug said, then you relate that to barricades you've never seen before and what height those are um, as a measurement. That's what's really going to help you get in and out of positions quickly. And it's also going to help you be more efficient on the clock and then getting on target immediately. Um, I don't know, Jason, was this a a target acquisition thing for you. Cause that's what it was for me when I first started, it was half getting into the right position that was comfortable. And the other half was getting on target. 
Target acquisition has, was never a problem for me. It was building a position, a, a stable position. Uh, my Wobble Zone was way too big. Um, and honestly, what I, what I, what it boiled down to, what I figured it out, it took me forever to figure out, is I would hold my breath. When that, when somebody said engage, I immediately, and just held my breath. I don't know why, but I see everybody, I see a lot of other people do it. You have to breathe. And if you do not breathe, your stage will go to crap before you know it. Absolutely. Breathing is important. It, it keeps us here on this earth. And so it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for our bodies uh, and everything else too. So, so that's the first half of it, which you can learn from the barricade practice. Um, the target acquisition thing, I did one drill um, where I point my finger at the target and I, I have that aligned with my rifle. And I look over the top of my rifle at the target and I set the gun down on the barricade and then I get in my scope and make sure I'm on target. And I did that several times with a wide target transition at the range. It was, I think it was just after the Tennessee match because I struggled there really hard getting on target. And that's what was taking up the first 30 seconds for me. Um, and once I ran that drill, I've never struggled again since then for target acquisition. So I ran that same drill with a um, female shooter that shoots with us a couple weekends ago, and she was having the same problem. She timed out. It take, took her over 30 seconds to get on target for her first round. And we did that drill. And the next match she went to, she cleaned a couple stages. So it was really cool to see how these little um, pieces start coming together and really make a huge difference. So it's important to train and it's important to know where you're struggling and then work on things to, cause they, these little things can make a big difference. That's one thing about and shooting in the woods is find it with your eyes, then use your scope. Just like you're saying, you're pointing, you're pointing a drill. That's, that's one thing you try to find targets scanning through the woods through your scope. It makes it pretty challenging. So. And you know, that's, that's one thing I notice. you know, obviously you see me on social media and all that stuff all the time. But I, I see people talk about, what gun shoots the best ammo and look at my group and this tiny little group that I shot at 50 yards and this tiny little group I shot at 100 yards and I'm new to this and I'm going to come in and kick butt well you're not you're not focusing on the right things it's great that you got a great rifle you got a great optic and you can shoot tiny little groups but honestly it doesn't mean crap to me you you've got to know the fundamentals you got to know how to manage your time you got to know how to manage your breathing manage your movements you know that's another thing with movement i see a lot of people do when they hear that word engage they stop breathing and their body tenses up their shoulders hunch up they don't you you've got to learn to relax your body and you got to learn how to flow um and that's just something that i think a lot of people struggle with mm -hmm. and they don't and they don't know that they're even doing it and it takes somebody that's been through those struggles to point that out to them and say hey stop what you're doing look at me let's talk for a second breathe okay relax let the shoulders down now get back behind the gun and, and shoot and, and it's amazing that the difference that you'll see and, and it's just like a light bulb it just clicks right off it's so fun to watch that happen too for people I like it so uh that's actually a really good transition into a question from someone who you both will recognize. Michael Glander wants to know how to get over the first stage jitters. Drink a lot of Red Bull, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's my advice to Mike. Yeah, caffeinate Not yourself. That helps. <laughs> yeah, nobody else do that. Only Mike Glander drank a lot of yeah. Red Bull right before the stage. Uh, I like that. Shoot more matches, that helps. For me, exactly, yeah, exactly. So for, for me, and I, I shared this with Mike too recently, I struggled with this so much, uh, as soon as we'd get, you know, in front of people, the, the whole game plan I'd have in my head would fall out the window and I'd be shaking and I'd be nervous. And one of the things that I started doing was during sight in period in the morning, usually most matches, the bigger matches, um, even some of the small ones, there's a sight in period even if you only have 50 yards to do this, 
I make up a stage in my head that will work with the site and range. And I'll run that stage two or three different times um, before the match starts. So I'll come up with a, you know, especially if we've got two different distances, I'll do a holdover stage, for example, or I'll do multiple barricade moves. And if I miss, I stop the whole thing, reset from the beginning, and I start over and I do it again until I clean the whole thing. And that builds my confidence up to know, okay, I know what body position to get into. I'm doing it in front of other people. So I get over the stage fright aspect, which is something I struggle with. Um, and for me, that's really helped me come in with the right mindset to the first, uh, first stage of the day. So something to think about. Good advice. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. So then I want to end, uh, I've got one question left that I want to ask from Tim Ho. And it's, I really like this question. What's one small thing everybody can do to grow the sport of NRL 22? And I know both of you are really good ambassadors for NRL 22 and growing the sport and sharing it with people. So I want to hear from you guys. Invite people. Go ahead, Doug. Invite people, provide all your gear for them, walk, walk them through a match. I mean, Jason and I both, we, it's, I, I enjoy it more than shooting, just getting other people out there, getting ladies, getting youth, just, just anybody. I mean, we had, uh, invite your coworkers, Jason Kinsler had a, just about a whole squad of just his coworkers last month. And it was awesome. I mean, I think, uh, I think they're going to regret it. I mean, <laughs> they are going to regret it. Their wives maybe regret it, but they, uh, they, I think they're all hooked. They all had a blast. They all had smiles on their face. Uh, but yeah, just, just get more people involved, invite people you know, have them come out just on a range day and practice with you and shoot. And Jason and I both have full complete setups that we loan out to people every, every match that wants to shoot. So phase two of that, Jason, and if you're listening is to get them to invite their significant others to the match now. So now, now no yeah. one's upset. You're, you're spending you money go. together. So yeah, I, I kind of mirror what Doug says. Uh, you know, I, I think what a lot of this boils down to is you don't know what you don't know, right? And and the more that you can get the word out, uh, the more that you can show people just how much fun the sport is and uh, just how great the people are and how tight knit of a community this whole all of us in our all twenty two members are. Um, you know, I think once they see that they want to be a part of that. Um, and then just anything that we can do to help promote that is, you know, it, it's positive, right? So, you know, getting the young guns, the old guns and getting, you know, this is a family sport. This is for all ages. Uh, whether you want to be competitive or you just want to come out and have fun, you know, it, it really is something that anybody can do. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of this comes down to, you know, you get a new shooter that comes to your match, you know, I think Doug, myself, DJ, many of us go way out of our way to make sure that we answer the questions. We talk to them through the entire match. We help them out. You know, we want to make, we always say before every match, we always ask, who's the new shooters? Raise your hands and everybody else look around. You're, everybody else is a big brother that day. Okay. Um, we always tell the new shooters, we want you to have a good experience and we want you to come back. So whatever you've got, ask us, we're going to help you through the entire day and we're going to help you till you gain that experience. And then you're off on your own, but at least up until that point, you know, we're, we're going to do everything we can to make sure you have a good time and want to come back. Absolutely. And there's no question. That's a stupid question. If you're new. And for those of you who are experienced, there is no question. That's a stupid question for someone that's new. So what's obvious to you is not obvious to someone else. Uh, so, you know, keep that in mind. And I, I've had really good experiences asking a whole plethora of dumb questions. And now I get to um, hopefully share some of that knowledge with newer people so they don't feel like they have to ask the same things. But it's we were all there once. And I think, you know, this is one of the best communities I've ever had the pleasure of, uh, of participating in. So, you know, 
highly encourage and, and talk to everyone I know about participating. So I think like you said, Jason, or I don't even remember, um, maybe it was you, Doug, who mentioned, you know, just share it with people and talk to people about it and get it out there. I think that's huge. So making sure you're, you're inviting other people and making them feel like they can show up and that they won't be on their own and they don't need to be nervous. They'll be nervous, but uh, then, you know, once you're experienced, we'll start the heckling, but until that point, you know, we'll, we'll be nice. So yeah, that's really good advice. Um, do either of you have any final words you want for the listeners about any of the topics we talked about? Not that I, I can take it. Everybody may. Yes, I'm excited. It's going to be yeah. fun. Yeah, it should be a great time. So make sure if you haven't already let your match directors know um, that you're interested in shooting, you let them know and registration should be starting soon. Uh, and then we'll we'll get invites sent out for national. So it's a really exciting time. Thank you guys so much for being here. I uh, really appreciate the walk down and the, the, you know, glimpse into the match. I'm really looking forward to it and we'll see you guys in May and I'll leave, uh, I'll leave you guys with this. This is my attempt at a new tagline. So let me know what your thoughts are, or if you have a better one for me, it's podcast at NRL22.org. So I'm just going to leave it with this in the, in the theme of our last question. Don't forget to share the love. All right. Thank you guys. I like it. I like it. See ya. Have a good one. Thanks, Ruth.